When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And I gotta say, I've been catching up on like Ninja Turtles. I read volume 13 now, at least in the comics. I've read volume so 13 of the IDW collection now. So you're up through mm-hmm. 100 then, right? Yeah, I've read up through 100. I'm pretty much all caught up now because I've also been reading Sophie's run. I've already read through almost entirely up to where we're at. I decided I'm going to start over uh, because uh, I discovered that all the collections are on comic and comicsology unlimited when I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I am starting that run again. And then I think when I catch up to uh, where it leaves off on comicsology, I'm going to switch to my physical issues. Nice. Nice. I started rereading them about a year ago. I'm only through like volume four or five. But man, it's been so good. I it holds up so well, and like it was, it's all interconnected so well. It's really and how yeah. and how great is it that the three of us decided to do that on this the tenth anniversary month of the IDW comic? Oh, amazing! Didn't plan it. Didn't plan it like that. But yeah, wow. that's crazy. Ten, ten years of this comic, you know. Like we're recording this. You know, this is the first Thursday in August, so. Um, I think the I think the original issue dropped in a couple weeks. I can't remember. I think it was towards um, the end of August. Yeah, I think it was towards the end of August. But I mean, wow! Happy ten years, guys at IDW, Tom, yeah. and you know Kevin and Ed, Rhonda and everybody over there at IDW. Like, thank you for ten years of Turtle Comics. I mean, put put this in perspective. Like ten years ago, I didn't have a smartphone. Uh, DC has rebooted their entire collection like three times in the last 10 years like Mm -hmm. it's an incredible feat yeah we got the new 52 rebirth um (laughs) yeah rebirth isn't technically a reboot (laughs) you did (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) but then like you know we had we had pretty much all of the main mcu movies too in that time you know yeah yeah what like Iron Man two was out maybe and that's uh, well, it, yeah right? Iron Man Iron Man one was uh, was two thousand nine two thousand eight eight oh okay it's a little early on um, and then Iron Man two was two thousand ten wow so uh, pre Avengers yeah it's definitely definitely pre Avengers yeah um, it was twenty twelve right yep yeah uh, yeah Superman Man of Steel was a couple years away. Um, yeah, I can't even remember what was going on 10 years ago. I hadn't met my wife yet. Um, wow. uh, yeah, I hadn't see. met mine either. Uh, I would have just been married for like two months. 
So yeah. Wow, ten wow. years is such a long time. I know. Think think about it, man. Like I was fresh out of college, bright eyed and bushy tailed. Now I'm old, lazy, set in my ways. Yep. I was <laughs> I was maybe you know, I was in junior high at that time. I wasn't quite in high school yet. So uh, 2000, uh, 2011, <laughs> I was definitely out of school. Um, I think I don't want to. I don't think I was between jobs, but I think I was between careers. Mm-hmm. I think I had just left the website place I was working to to go back into my current field. And yeah, what a time! What a time wow. it's been. The other thing that I wanted to add, though is that after reading Shredder in Hell and just like seeing this story where like Shredder's fighting demons and stuff, I just kind of like in that moment really realized that like he really would be a fantastic Mortal Kombat character. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I'm with, he, I'm with you. If Nickelodeon would let him be a DLC in like the next one, like 2012, I mean, not 2012, Mortal Kombat 12, like, because apparently they're done with 11. But if they would let him be a DLC, he'd be a fantastic DLC. Well, he's got and he's got the right aesthetic, right? He's got the the face mask, like kind of reptile, and and them have oh uh, all of them, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. Face mask. He's got he's got crazy armor that like wouldn't work in the real world, but looks amazing in a video game. Like, yeah, covered he, in spikes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Great for just totally. slashing and dashing people, it would be really really cool. You know, if if they don't put him in Mortal Kombat, I definitely see him in Battle for the Grid the power rangers fighting game yeah i mean if they wanted to bring him <laughs> which in will be a the... fun segue when we get to that yeah <laughs> you can't segue to the end of the podcast mike <laughs> everybody, just, everybody just skip ahead to the new segment yeah just <laughs> after just this bit put a bookmark in that segue we'll, yeah. we'll loop back around to it <laughs> but if they also put shredder and injustice i wouldn't mind there either mm-hmm. no definitely injustice justice would be cool yeah totally I was actually looking at it. Injustice Two is on sale right now on, on PlayStation, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna pick it up, dude. the The story mode is like in Mortal Kombat and Injustice is like great. It's like you're watching a movie with just a few fights in between. Yeah, I really, I really like the first one. So you know, if I can get the ultimate version and have the turtles in it, yeah, like and Hellboy. Hellboy has and, some of the best dialogue in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Ron Perlman doing the voice, or it is? No. It is not Ron Perlman. Okay, but he's is a great it, voice. But it, it, yeah, it is a great, great Hellboy. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, anyway, Spencer, what are we talking about this week? This week we're going to be talking about issues forty-five and forty-six and forty-seven of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume One. So that's Leatherhead Two and the two-part masks. Yeah, and off the bat. I liked these a lot. Like, I know I know I'm jumping ahead, but I think these might be my favorite of Volume One now. Really? So we are back. We're we're done with the guest era. We're back in Mirage Continuity Central, right? This is in-house Mirage staffers making Mirage comics. So this quote unquote counts in the canon of of Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So then, without further ado. Let's move on into Let Me Tell You a Story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear. About Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it! All right, let me tell you a story. I'm up first. Uh, I have Leatherhead 2, which is issue 45, first released in March 1992. Story and art by Dan Berger, 
tones by Ryan Brown, and letters by Rob Caswell. So the Turtles have returned to New York to check on their old friend Leatherhead, but they're ambushed by a group of foot soldiers. The Foot Clan is still around, but it's been in disarray since Leo killed the, cl the clone shredder back in Return to New York. Four of the foot soldiers, who seem to be wearing homemade uniforms, are able to get away and duck into the sewers. They make their way to the turtle's old lair to hide out for the night. Little do they know, the place is already occupied by Leatherhead, who starts beating them up. One of the foot soldiers is able to stop Leatherhead by offering him their services in exchange for Leatherhead being their leader. Leatherhead's been working on a transmat device to return to the Utrams and to not be alone, but his hands are too big and clumsy to work with a delicate circuitry so he thinks these guys can help them with their human hands. While Leatherhead, while Leatherhead is off grabbing some parts, the turtles show up and are about to start a fight with the foot soldiers. Leatherhead comes back and breaks them up. He explains the situation to the turtles and the turtles agree to help Leatherhead with his transplant device. While the foot soldiers, foot soldiers and turtles are helping Leatherhead, one of the foot soldiers takes a chip from the transplant while no one is looking. He's sabotaging the machine because he wants Leatherhead to stick around and lead the Foot Clan. With the, with the device complete, Leatherhead steps on the transmat and Donatello fires it up. Instead of transporting Leatherhead to the Usham homeworld, it just zaps him with electricity. Leatherhead flies into a rage, first attacking the turtles and then the foot soldiers before deciding that killing them would be too easy. He swears revenge and runs off to be alone. Later on the rooftops, the turtles talk about how alone they are in a city full of a million people but at least they have each other. The end. All right, we'll move on to my story now. Issue number 46, Masks Part One. Uh, its first printing was in April, 1992, and it was written by Michael Dooney, as well as penciled by him, inked by Keith Aiken, and the letters are by Mary Kelleher. So, our story opens with an anthropomorphic dragon samurai returning to his master to report on the battle that he had just had. He explains that their enemy Oraga's forces are strong, but his mind is in turmoil. Chloe's master is pleased with this because... Chloe? Jeez, I'm losing it tonight. I can't read. Chote's master... Chote. Is it, is it Chote or Chote? I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know the correct way to pronounce it. Um, I, I was curious how you two are going to pronounce this. I'm going to jump ahead a bit and say that this character had an action figure made. And the action figure is Shote, S-H-O-A-T-E. Ah. So it's a, it's a different spelling, but I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I like, think that that sounds, that sounds like correct. I, I could totally see some Playmates employee on the phone being like, oh, his name is Shote, and just writing that down. And that's mm. what they went with. So, All right, we're going to go with Shote then. Yeah, could definitely see why he would be called Shote. Yeah. <laughs> Shote's master is pleased with this because he is the one causing the turmoil and by taking control of Uraga's mind to access the secrets hidden in it so that he can free himself from this primitive time. In present day, or at least what was present day when this was written, the turtles are chilling at home when Hattori Gosai, their friend from issue nine, bursts into the house weak and collapses on the floor. Splinter is able to determine that an evil presence in the past is trying to gain control of Gosai's mind link, but doesn't, so to the, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Splinter is able to determine that an evil presence in the past is trying to gain control of the Gosai mind link, which is an ancient mind link that allows all of the knowledge of the Gosai samurai before him to pass on their knowledge to one another. 
so that they have just instant ninja powers upon receiving it. Well, samurai powers, sorry. But Splinter doesn't know what to do about it because time travel stuff is beyond him. Cue Renette. She shows up saying that on her list next is to help the turtles. So they then explain everything to her and go back to ancient Japan. They end up in the middle of a battle between Shote and the Gosai Samurai. They help the samurai defeat Shote. Shote retreats and the turtles explain that they're here to help the Gosai and leave with them. Shote returns to his master and tells him of Renette and the turtles. Shote is commanded to find them and bring them back. All right, and next up is Masks Part 2, written again by the Doonster, Michael Dooney, inked still by Keith Aiken, and letters by Mary Kelleher. So after the turtles uh, defeat Shote in battle, they notice that Renette has disappeared. Mito, the captain of the Gosei Samurai, tells the turtles that he and his men have no time to waste helping the turtles locate this woman, and they must return to their master, Oraga, who is being mentally attacked by this sorcerer adversary. The, the warrior is quite rude to the turtles and begins to piss off Raphael. Leo catches him off guard, or catches uh, Raph and causes everyone to cool down, hoping that Renette knows what she's doing. Unfortunately, Renette does not know what she's doing, and the time mistress is quickly captured by Shote. Luckily, Renette is able to tell her time scepter that it's got to get out of here. It's got to scram before the evil reptile can get its claws on it. Meanwhile, back in the present day, Master Splinter is still keeping a watch over Hattori as he tosses and turns in his sleep. Back in the past, the turtles arrive at Uraga's stronghold, where they wait impatiently for an audience with the Shogun. After several long hours, Mito announces that Uraga will meet with the turtles in the morning, and the guys are not happy about that delay. Shote takes Renette back to his master's dwelling, and the magician is pleased that the woman has been captured, but quite angry that the time scepter is missing. The sorceress decrees that the wand will be his in time. The next morning, the turtles finally meet Uraga, who tells the turtles that the mysterious sorcerer seeks his clan's extensive knowledge of mystical things, thus the attacks on the shogun's mind. Just as the master finishes his explanation, his, his mind is once again besieged and he collapses. The turtles ask for men to assault the sorcerer's keep, but they're refused as Uraga must be the one to approve the strategy. Raph grows more and more impatient, but the green team resolves to wait for Uraga to recover. Back at the sorcerer's castle, the sorcerer confronts Renette and demands a scepter, but she tells him to buzz off. Renette is astonished when the magician calls her by her name. Days pass as the turtles await Uraga's recovery, and Raph spends his time training with two other Ronin, who are eager to learn Raph's moves. Leo announces that Mito still refuses to let anyone see Master Uraga, and Mikey and Don decide that it's time to take matters into their own hands. When the guys ask Raph if he's heard their plan, the hot-headed Terrapin announces that they should leave the next day as he's busy training with the Ronin. The next morning, the turtles arise, only to find that Raph has already left. The guys head up to catch with their impetuous brother, and we soon see that Raph is accompanied by the two men that he's been training, Sato and Oshi. Vitrio discover that the sorcerer burned down his stronghold and moved on. Sato discovers tracks and Raph scrawls on an arrow in the ground for Leo to follow before the men head into the caves in search of the evil wizard. Meanwhile, in the caves, the sorcerer is castigating Shote for choosing this place as a hideout. The lizard explains that it's a more defensible position and the wizard claims that once he has the time scepter, no one will be a threat. 
Burnett notes that he said again, and then Shote asks, and then asks Shote why he's serving such a creep like this guy. The reptile explains that he is a samurai and duty bound to do so. Raf arrives and they head into the murky depths. Shote smells them almost immediately and his master orders them to attack while he awaits the scepter's return. The battle erupts. Sato and Oshi are quickly dispatched by the tough lizard man. And as Raf fights, Leo, Mikey, and Don arrive and help their brother finish him off. As the turtles celebrate their victory, the sorcerer arrives, time scepter in hand. After making a dramatic threat, the lizard reveals himself to be none other than Silvanti Romero the demonic sorcerer who the turtles defeated way back in Tales of the TMNT number seven. Savanti explains that rather than being destroyed by an energy blast, he was merely placed in a temporal stasis. When he awoke, he began to make his plans for revenge, plans that included destroying the Gose clan. Donatello realizes that it's the turtles' own fault because they're the ones who sent Savanti Romero back in time to create this whole time loop. Just then, Renette arrives and tells Romero to deal with her, not her friends. The wizard is all too eager to oblige the time mistress and uses the scepter to shoot an energy bolt at the woman. Renette holds her hand out and the blast reflects off her hand, bouncing it right back into Savanti Romero, dissolving it. The time scepter then floats back to Renette and she reveals that she and the Wanda have worked out a lot of their own tricks. But this, they've never hurt each other. Together, they form a great team, just like the turtles. Shote awakens and Renette tells him that this, is, that this time is not meant for him, but she will send him to a place where he can begin a new life. The lizard is grateful for the opportunity and Renette uses the scepter to send him on his way. The time mistress then gives the turtles a hug goodbye and ships them back off to their own time. On their arrival, Master Splinter explains that Hattori has fully recovered. We discover that Savanti has been sent backwards in time millions of years to live among the dinosaurs and Shote was sent into another galaxy where fantastic creatures roam a futuristic landscape and then at the end of the issue we find Sato and Oshi leaving the cave where they were knocked unconscious as the two men walk Oshi announces that Raf's teachings have given them the, their lives new meaning the two of them must now learn all that they can about the secret arts of the ninja we must never mention the strange shelled creatures, Oshi begins. In time, others will join us, and we will become a force to be reckoned with. So just as every journey begins with a single step, we shall call ourselves the foot. Um, the bum, end. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Riveting. Man, that honestly, I will get into it. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Let's talk about things in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So I just want to start with saying that the ninjas that like started following Leatherhead must have been like the dumb reject ones. <laughs> oh, absolutely. From the Foot Clan. The yeah, one that wouldn't absolutely. stop wearing his skeleton pajamas <laughs> to, <laughs> to, I to just, clan I meetings. I didn't understand like why they had different uniforms. Yes. Like it's it's funny. never it's never addressed at all. Yeah. And it's like none of the turtles say anything like, oh, like, why do these guys all look stupid? Like, right. or something like that. Nobody explains it. And it's just like, okay. I mean, I'm just going to say that the ones that are currently, you know, living in the sewers, getting, you know, just taking directions from the mutant alligator and immediately just, you know, claiming him as their masters 
are just kind of the the dumb reject ones that no one else oh, wanted. I mean, they're de- <laughs> like they're definitely not the foot elite. Oh, <laughs> no. Like yeah. they're definitely not the straw hat guys. Yeah. They have names too. It's a uh, Croker, Win, Gee, and Shevchek. Shevznik or uh, yeah, yeah Sh- something like Shevchek. that. Shev- or, uh, something like Shevchek. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it I is weird that they never explain weird. it. Yeah. And I get like the Foot Clan's like just barely holding together, but like these guys don't even look like they're in the Foot Clan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the Color Classics version, because they're all like none of the uniforms match. Mm-hmm. So like all the colors are different. Yeah. Well, because like that's the thing is this thing is setting up City at War a little bit. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. But wow, spoiler. A spoiler. <laughs> but it's kind of setting up City at War. You know, the, the Foot Clan is divided into factions. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like these four must have just been like the reject ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one a, wanted these ones. <laughs> yeah. This is not a faction that participated in the city at war. <laughs> oh, okay. See, like, okay, because I was I've never I've never actually read City at War. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way I envisioned it was like kind of like how it is in um, or not even how it is in IDW, but like I'd always assume City at War was like the foot against other, like you know, other ninjas and mobs and stuff in yeah. New York. Yeah, it's kind of like that in the 2003 series. They they change it up that way. Uh, okay. In maybe that's where I thought about it from. Yeah. Yeah. Did I watch? Did I watch that in 2003? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Because uh, I think the mob is the one with the giant robots in that series, and I think Baxter Stockman's back in them or something. Yeah. But in the comics, it's just like, like part of the clan is like allegiant to the clan, which is mm-hmm. like Karai oversees that, and then part of them are allegiant to the Shredder, and there's like just kind of just separate groups of the foot well, and even, around that so yeah it even seems like there's well it seems like there's the ones that are legion to shredder and then there's ones that are like like the tech division you know with their mm-hmm. robots you know is one and like the other the foot the foot tech ninjas not even foot yeah. tech it's just like the guys that build the robots type stuff oh, you know, okay. like the scientists yeah, just... are kind of formed their own and anyway everyone's just kind of splintered is the idea vying for power in the foot clan Good story, though. And th- yeah, this is a good setup for it, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's leading into it. Um, so front front uh, editorial, they mentioned that this is Dan Burr's first solo gig with Mirage. Um, he's been working with them for a while, though. He's been an anchor on TMNT Adventures. He's also going to be like the main guy on the, on the newspaper strip, which like that is a total blind spot for me. So if anyone has oh, copies of those or anything, I'd, I'd love to read them because I like Dan Burr's art. Um, you guys are also going to start a new anthology book and they're they're like reaching out to people to come up with a name for it i think they eventually settle on plastering cafe because that's the only like anthology that comes out after this so mm-hmm. and dan uh let me go back to dan burger he's a great guy i had to email mirage one time to ask a question and uh i i forgot how leatherhead lost his eye and they mentioned in this that, like it was fighting the foot but i yeah Dan Berger is the guy who still answers the email from Mirage. So hmm. I'm like, yeah, hey. he, I think he's, he mentions that. Like if you go to miragelicensing.com, yeah. like all of the notes are from Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I asked him, I'm like, Hey, I, I just, I always wondered how Leatherhead lost his eye. And he was like, uh, my memory sucks. Probably. I never explained it. and was just trying to set up another comic with that, but never got around to it. So that was his explanation. 
That sounds about right. They, yeah. There's a bit of that. I think there's some of that in volume four too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, all around great dude. He answered my question very well. Uh, yeah. Both that one and the one I actually asked. So. <laughs> Yeah, another thing I noticed in this issue is that they very deliberately say something. At least it feels deliberate. I might be wrong, but one of them says they could really go for a taco instead of pizza. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like dramatic. Like I could really go for a taco. Like looking directly into the, looking directly at the reader. Yeah. <laughs> I could really go for a taco. I, I like that I personally. I'm kind of into getting away from the the pizza obsession. I know I named a section anchovies because I, you know, I'm trying to uh, appeal <laughs> to all Ninja Turtle fans, but I'm into pizza kind of stepping a little bit away from the pizza obsession. I don't know, man. Like things that things go wrong when they get too far away from pizza. I don't know. 2003 series is really great. So are the That's Mirage funny. comics. <laughs> no, nah, it, it, it is nice to see them, like, like you said, like get away from the pizza gags. Because this is, I mean, we're in 1992. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're heavy into, um, you know, 87. And, you know, the first two movies have already come out. Like, it's, we're heavy into pizza mania. Mm hmm. Like I think we're also post coming out of our shells tour. No, I thought coming out of their shells came out of the, came after the movies. No, no, no. I know we're after the two movies. I can't remember if the, if the tour uh, was in 1992. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Looking um, it up here. Do, 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 yeah, do. you look it up while we stall for time. Uh, there was an, a letter at the beginning of this issue from Kevin and Peter, uh, just letting everybody know that. From this point on, Turtles would be done completely in-house at Mirage with no more guest era and writers uh, and no more out-of-continuity stories. So like you said at the top, but I just thought it was interesting that there was a letter from them announcing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1990 was coming out of their shells. Oh, oh see? Really? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Wow. It's so much earlier than I always think it is. Cause like To me, like that's the end point of like the Turtle Mania, but it's like right in the middle of it. Yeah, basically. yeah. And that was that was another thing I was thinking about when I was reading these issues is like these are from like 1992. Like I don't think of Mirage Comics as like early 90s like this because mm-hmm. we're so heavy into Turtle Mania at this point. But it's wild to think that these like issues were coming out while I was starting to get into comics. And it's like I never even read any of these. Right. So I just yep. I just find like it's it's weird thinking about like how I could have gotten into Mirage so much earlier. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just sitting around with a pile of Sonic the Hedgehog comics. <laughs> I wasn't uh I wasn't reading was I reading Sonic at the time? Uh maybe I was. I know I had an issue of Turtles Adventures from Archie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had those too. I don't think Sonic the Comic was out just yet. Or not Sonic the Comics, that's the UK version. Uh, but I don't think the Sonic the Hedgehog comic was out just yet. Because uh, 1992, that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So this is like the peak of Sonic Mania 2. Um, uh, Sonic Mania was 2017. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
another thing celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, Sonic the Hedgehog, nice. um, which there is a Sonic and a Turtles connection. They're, they already appeared together in that comic. And you heard about our three-hour episode with Tom Waltz where I pressed the question, is Sonic going to cross over with the Turtles? And the answer is maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, the answer is stay tuned. Yeah, the answer is stay tuned. <laughs> um, so I noticed in this issue, this is the first time they call them the Utrams. They don't call them the TCRI aliens. Leatherhead specifically good. calls them the Utrams. Good oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I also noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. I, I often find myself looking at the turtles' equipment and like what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo in this issue, he's he's kind of back and forth. Sometimes he doesn't have any straps, but when he is drawn with straps, they're actually in an X pattern with the swords on either side of it, kind of mm-hmm. like in the cartoon, which is not something we've seen in Mirage. And uh, more more prominent than that is that Mike has like forearm wraps throughout this whole I, issue. I did notice that because they, yeah. they're colored in the colored classics, they are uh, colored like a bright green. Oh, really? Which I thought was with that I, I thought was interesting, but it's like I I like it when they individualize the turtles like that. Like I know everybody likes all the turtles looking the same, and that's fine. But it's like it's it's such a boring design. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is like this is just different enough to not be too radical, you know. And I it, if exactly you look- like I'm like little changes like that. I think are perfect. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm not asking for rise you know designs, even though I love them. Like I'm not, I'm not saying we need that in the comics, but like, just little changes, like you know, like Mikey wears forearm wraps, or like they have foot wraps, mm-hmm. you know. I even like it when they wear full bandanas sometimes, like not just the mask, the eye masks, like the they, when they cover cap. the yeah, when they cover the full dome, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool if they kind of differentiate them that way by just kind of mixing up the uniforms here and there a little bit, you know, not just by like giving Donnie some goggles, but, you know, maybe some some forearm wraps, maybe, you know, switching up the belt a little bit. One's got a tie belt. The other one's got more of like a belt buckle thing going on. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's many ways you could kind of switch all that stuff kind of up, but yet not make yeah. them look radically different from another like Rise does. Yeah. And it another works. thing that kind of like throws me off is like in the color classics, the belts were uh, colored like black. Yeah. Which is which is something that's not usually done. Like usually it's like a brown leather. Yeah, well, it's it's brown on the cover too, so that's kind of strange. Yeah, hmm. yeah, they make interesting choices in the color collection sometimes, and I'm kind of just like, well, you know, in, in I guess the classics books, uh, and sometimes I just wonder if they simply just changed it up just because they could, because they felt like they needed to, like well, out of creativity. Since or since you brought that up. Um, I thought it was really funny and I wrote it down. Uh, There is a disclaimer at the beginning of this volume. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. I just thought it was funny. So these reprints of 1990s era comics were intended for mature audiences and do not reflect today's values or those of Nickelodeon's or IDW publishing. Except for the addition of color, the comics are presented here as originally published. Huh. I, I, I just the, I, I hadn't noticed that before and I just thought that was a funny disclaimer. At least the like one collection of tales that I have from IDW has that same disclaimer. So hmm. 
I, I, I didn't notice it before in, in any of the other ones. Yeah, I yeah, haven't but, looked for it either. But then there also is an edit in that book. So like it's not really exactly as it was presented. There's like a there's like a footnote that says like when this issue mm. takes place that's not in the original. So uh, uh you know what? I have that okay, so I so w- the issues that we're reading are in Turtles Color Classics volume seven. Um, I also have volume six on my phone right now, and that disclaimer is also in that one too. So, uh, so it must just be a boilerplate thing. But yeah, it's it's a right it's right under the credits for the like who designed the modern the modern classics. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Sure. Too. This is my last note, but lots of TMNT number one references in this book. Like the first yeah, like three the pages. Whole, yeah, the whole first three pages were like just dan Berger drawing it yeah yeah exactly same almost the same poses and everything yeah so then moving on to masks so let's go back in time then to masks and i want to talk about so renette mentions that she's cleaned up the sarah connor mess in la <laughs> which this being 1992 terminator 2 had just come out in 1991. So does that mean, since we know that Renette is a singularity who exists in all timelines and all universes, is Terminator canon to Turtles universe? Or I mean, multiverse theory it, here, you know? Is it a multiverse? Yeah. <laughs> so, because if it's, if it's a multiverse thing, then like she didn't even need to mention it. <laughs> right well she also mentions the delorean which would make back to the future canons yeah. as well which i mean I'm, I'm okay with both of those things being true so i mean maybe she's just canonizing that there are turtles that exist in their universes you know <laughs> it's the, opposite. the universe yeah. of those movies exactly <laughs> yeah maybe ninja turtles is declaring canon for these movies yeah i like it there's also the uh, splinter looking like a dog joke, which comes from like criticism and stuff of the art where people say that splinter looks like a dog because it kind of does. But yep. like Renette pats him on the head and she's just like, you look like a dog, kind of like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting that something that Sophie Campbell has brought back is kind of that it's almost like a third wall breaking thing where, mm. I don't know, Renette says something that fans have been complaining or saying about Even a fourth wall, a fourth wall. Yeah, that's what I meant. This one also breaks down the third. Yes, this yeah. is also oh, good. <laughs> my brain is just fried today, but um, because later on, Renette says like, "Oh, like who's the fifth turtle?" Which is something that a lot of people have said on the internet over and over again, yeah. and it's phrased exactly yeah. how like those thousands of people have asked who Jenica is, and yeah. Renette asks it the same way, so it's kind of funny. Okay, but, uh, uh, she continues to be that character. Okay, but speaking of Renette too, still, uh, so she's younger here than when we last saw her in issue forty-two. Yes, with Juliet Romero. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just <laughs> so one of those so things. It also, her yeah. skin tone was a different color in the color classics version. I mean, yeah, it was she orange. Was like, she was orange in in the last issue. She found spray tan in her older age, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be it. It's one of those time traveling things. Like, so it's it's younger for her, but it's older for the turtles, right? It's it's late. It's earlier in her timeline, but it's later in the turtles' timeline. 
right? Yeah, and, and that's and that's what's so. <laughs> this is why time travel is so weird, especially for somebody who exists outside of time like Renette does. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, so issue forty-two, when she came back and defeated Juliet, that was earlier in the Turtles, but her future. Yes, and it's like. And so the turtles are reacting like, oh, we haven't seen you in so long because the last time they saw her before then was uh, back when she was younger, when she saw the headdress and everything, when she was, when she was, uh, what's his face, simultaneous's um, apprentice. Right. And then in this one, she's younger but it's the turtle's future. They just saw her however long issue 42 took a long ago. Yeah. The other thing that I will add is we did read that as part of like our crazy canon that we've created here, but technically that issue isn't canon. So where she's old, Juliet's Revenge isn't canon. So I mean, that's, but it is, a, it is in our crazy canon. I know. I, I think Peter Laird just kind of, Waved the waves of brush and made a broad stroke and said anything not be made by in staff in-house mirage guys is not canon but like there's really nothing about that story that can make it not canon exactly know, so. yeah so it can yeah. be i think yeah. it's a cool idea too like we we see her at different points in her life interacting with the turtles at different points in their life and that yeah that doesn't line up because she's a, a time independent being yeah i mean don't get me wrong i love the concept actually like i really like her older self interacting with current tur- you know with the turtles yeah. right here and then being younger the next time she sees them i love that idea i think i think it was just weird that the turtle i mean again because in our crazy timeline that issue 42 is not canon but it would have been nice if the turtles had acknowledged uh that she that they just saw her older oh um, i see what you're saying yeah um but speaking of callbacks like it, it was cool because i remember a long time ago when we met Hattori Gosei like that like and how how I was complaining then about how like it felt like that's like they made up that whole thing about how the Gosei you know lineage and all that uh, that samurai stuff back then and I think you guys even teased it for me that it comes back later and it finally did yeah it's really cool speaking of characters the way seen for a long time coming back when was the last time we saw clunk oh yeah issue but like i don't think we've seen him since like what tales volume one or something or like the christmas issue or something like it's been a long long time Mm -hmm. yeah they must have rounded him up from the lair on their way out you know yeah yeah (laughs) brought him with him to northampton at some point that's that's the tales of tmnt issue we really need is michelangelo stealthily getting past foot soldiers and stuff just to pick up clunk from the sewers yeah yeah well actually no it would be in april's apartment because they were living there but anyway so that was that was all i had for masks one i'm ready i i really liked the music issues it's a good issue yeah they, they were good I also um, kind of wonder if these issues inspired TMNT three. Like it came so, out a year before. Okay, so yeah. that's why I wanted to talk about uh, this one. Uh, that, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, issue two in masks. Um, so I've been saying that's what I wanted to happen in the Turtles three movie was where, like, the turtles accidentally create the Foot Clan. 
mm-hmm. or like they have to deal with like Shredder's ancestor and something or something. Like that's a great story, and I love seeing that the turtles accidentally created the foot here because like because like i i didn't pick up on it when raf was training the two guys mm-hmm. um but then at the end when they started having their dialogue together i was like oh oh dang are we seeing yeah <laughs> sweet time loop paradox thing yeah like and i that kind of like weird timey wimey stuff like the, i love that like that the turtles like accidentally created the whole Gose thing, but then they also accidentally created themselves in this sense. Because if you don't get the Foot Clan, you don't get, you know, Orokunagi killing Hamato Yoshi. You don't get Splinter knocked out of the cage. You don't get all that. Uh, Donatello uh, says it's clobbering time in the second <laughs> issue of this. Yes, uh, which is a catchphrase of thing. Benjamin Blue Eyed Grim. <laughs> Um, let's see some some other things from like the the editorials of these issues. Uh, Mirage is selling a, a set of portfolios uh, with frameable plates, and one of them is Michael Dooney drew like Leonardo in samurai armor carrying Renette, which was like the inspiration for the story. Ooh. If you want to see a picture of it, I, I usually put these kind of things on Instagram. Uh, we had a few pages looking at the upcoming Space Usagi published by. Uh, Mirage in the in the first one we get just like concept art and the second one you, there's a short story mm-hmm. it's really really good actually called hair today hair tomorrow yes and then uh, in the letters page for the for mass two they say that Mirage is actually going to start doing more guest era guest creator stories as specials uh, they announced a few they say head and McQueenie Mark Bode and Matt Howarth are going to have some. Uh, those were all published. They also announced uh, Art Soydem and Jeff Bonavere, but those weren't ever made. They, they only made three specials. So, so weird that the, like the last issue, they were like, no more guest issues. And then in this issue, they're like, <laughs> yeah. more guest issues. More guest issues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, walking back on that. But, I mean, so, it's like no more guest issues is a part of the main series, though. You know, like they're yeah, actually yeah. trying to have no more guest movie. issues. Asterisk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently the turtles referenced their battle with uh, Savanti Romero back in uh, Tales number seven mm-hmm. as their last encounter, but then Spinal Tap was written to take place after that story. Which one's Spinal Tap? I think that's in like one of the collected Tales issues or books, mm. if, if I'm right. It was like a, a so, new piece or something. So That is coming from Turtlepedia because I have not I don't remember uh, Spinal Tap either. Yeah. Is that and that's, and that's coming from TMNT Entity also? That's is that you know, volume? Yeah, is that volume two of Tales then? I think it's actually when they collected later on when they collected the first seven of volume one, they included some like some backup stories and also like new of those frontis pieces that are like let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. one of those is called Spinal Tap, if I if I remember correctly. Okay. I don't. I don't actually own it, so take that with a grain of salt. But. Uh, another little Easter egg is in the weird futuristic world that Shote is transported to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fluffy Brockleton from Michael Dooney's comic Gizmo is uh, one of the aliens in the background. Yeah, yeah, Gizmo. Yeah. I think Gizmo himself is in it as well. Oh, is he? I didn't see him, but I will, I okay, maybe you. it's Fluffy then, and I just don't know what Gizmo looks like. I get them mixed up. <laughs> 
I haven't read the book, but I've I've wanted to just knowing that he, you know, Michael Dooney was an in-house Mirage person. I've heard it's mm-hmm. good. I've yeah, just never too. gotten around to reading Gizmo. I know he had a crossover with the Fugitoid as well. Um, that's supposed to be pretty good, but I never read it myself. Hmm. Uh, last one I have here, uh, Sato and Oji are the two Ronin that Raphael is training. If you've watched Batman versus Ninja Turtles, the Sato Oshi strike is is what. Uh, Shut up! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't pick up on. I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a cool. It's a deep, deep cut, but yeah, that's Sato Oshi strike is, that, is from this. That's so. That's so deep. That cannot have been intentional. No, it, it was intentional. <laughs> like they, I, I watched no. the bonus. Yeah, because in the bonus features, they bring it up how they. We're looking for the name for this thing, and they dug up this from one of the issues. So, oh man, That's... I have the DVD. I should check out the bonus. Features. I gotta. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even know there. I didn't even know there were bonus features. I watched the movie and I put it back on my shelf. I did the same. Yeah, I, I watched it. I put in the voodoo code, and then it's been sitting on my shelf since then. Yeah, That's freaking cool, though. Yeah, I'm just yeah, one of right? those uh, one of those geeks that watches bonus features. <laughs> That I'm movie's right. fantastic. I, 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 I love, yeah, I love director's commentary. Like, same. But I just, man, that's such a cool deep cut. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I was thinking about saving it for when we actually watch Batman versus Ninja Turtles because that'll happen eventually. Oh, we but can bring it back up then. Don't worry. We can bring it back up a second. Time yeah. Don't. It's, don't. It's worry. a great one. I'll. I'll have forgotten it by then. I'll be just. <laughs> I'll be just as excited. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> that was. That was the best reaction I've ever gotten from you, Mike. I love it. Hey, you know what? That would, <laughs> because that's genuinely me excited. Yeah. For something that I didn't know. No, like because that, that's because that is... that's not even that's not even listed here on Turtlepedia. Yeah. Well, those are the good Easter eggs. Like, those are, like, the genuinely great Easter eggs. Like, there's stuff in there, like, I don't know, taking animation from the opener in the 87, like, mm. in Batman Ninja Turtles. There's a lot you know, of that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And, like, that stuff's okay. Or, you know, Michelangelo out loud saying, like, you do machines. I'm the party, dude. And those yeah. references are just kind of, like, I don't know, they feel ham-fisted to me. But references like the Sato Oshi strike, like, it's obscure, but if you know you know and it's really yeah well you know what speaking of other things that we didn't like why don't we get some anchovies on the table all right we'll talk about some anchovies no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay so my biggest one for leatherhead too is the like there's a lot of pages where there's just like a lot of words of leatherhead just talking and it just kind of felt like that that first like Northampton issue and everyone's recovering, but like done wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it's, it was kind yeah, of, just kind there of boring. Was so much there was so much narration, like inner narration going on uh-huh. that I didn't know when it was switching from Leatherhead to Raph to I think it was was it Gay Kroger. or was Croker talking? The one talking, yeah. So it's like I didn't know who was talking until like I finished the paragraph and i was like oh okay mm-hmm. yeah so then, like because even then like raf's talking over scenes that he's not in yeah mm-hmm. you know and it's just like it's not if they had just done something like in in the color classics at least color the dialogue box a little different 
Yeah, it would that, really that benefit would... from that, like, Justice League when they do the text box with, like, a little bat symbol kind of in the background. You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, like, in in Last Ronin, when the other turtles are talking in, in Mikey's head, you know, the dialogue box is colored differently for each turtle. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that would have been would have been helpful. Yeah. Um. Leatherhead 2 was my least favorite of the three that we read. Um, yeah. It, it's not bad. It's just not a lot happened. Like, like you said, it was setting up City at War, and I guess I didn't pick up on that because I haven't read City at War yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of seemed like an okay story. Um, like, I was glad to see Leatherhead again. I didn't like how Leatherhead just snapped at the yeah. turtles well he yeah. snaps and then he just like runs away yeah i was like why 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 is he running away why, why is there not like a fight happening and some some sort of conflict resolution going on here it just like kind of ends you know yeah and then he just he just he's sad and alone and it's like okay well you you chose to do that leatherhead mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah no and it's it's one of those things that they kind of in these comics they kind of make leatherhead a neutral character and they kind of go back to that in idw but he's not necessarily like an ally ally of the turtles in this like we end up seeing him and i mean he's straight up villain in the 87 series but we end up seeing him kind of take more of that ally role in 2003 and 2012 but yeah in in these he kind of sits just somewhere in the middle you know depends on the day really i i don't like seeing him as an enemy in this book because like he was one of their like few allies but it's kind of cool to have him be an enemy to both the turtles and the foot like that puts him in a cool spot you know mm-hmm. yeah like i don't mind that i just wish the reason that he was mad at the turtles was more than just a misunderstanding yeah, yeah. i can see that like yeah. i think i think that's what i was just more disappointed with but fair enough i think this issue has sort of a continuity error um those four like quasi foot soldiers go to the sewer layer and say that the last time we were here, we didn't leave a door, let alone a lock. And they talk about driving the turtles out of their lair. But that didn't happen in Mirage Comics. That was the Mausers that did that. That wasn't the foot soldiers. So unless they were talking about the movie? Yeah, like that, that happened in the movie, but it didn't happen in these comics. So, so was, like, yeah, like a bit of an error there. Think of. Yeah. Well, they also do reference the ninjas as like as as teenagers in this. I can't remember where it was, but there was something where they said that. And I was like, ah, because I don't really, I don't know. I don't really love the whole, the whole Foot Clan is just a bunch of teen ninjas uh, angle. A bunch, but, of teen, bunch of teenagers with attitude. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have like, you know, the foot recruits that like they kind of have at a young age, but like when all the ninjas are teenagers, it's kind of like, mm. <laughs> I feel like it kind of takes the fangs out of the foot clan a little bit personally, but uh, yeah, reference them also being teens, which is not something that they've ever done in this. So I feel like this person kind of, you know, used the movie as spark notes and then uh, yeah. <laughs> wrote this issue. That might, that might be true. Yeah. I don't know exactly when Dan Berger joined mirage so and he yeah, also well, has been was... working on this series he's been working on newspaper and and adventures, adventures. So. i mean this issue was definitely after the movie came out after two movies had come out yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and both of those movies established teenagers as the foot clan so it's also i think it's established later on in mirage too that they they recruit people young at least 
and uh, <laughs> they often wind up dead. So <laughs> <laughs> also yeah. this time, at this time, we're we're dealing, we're not dealing with like the A team foot clan. Like these guys have their own pajamas. Like they, this is very separate, no yeah. leadership kind of foot clan. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like you said they're kind of the loser kids that uh, no one wanted. To <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that did not participate in the city at war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to masks? Yeah. Okay. I literally have, I, I didn't have any, but I started thinking about it. And this is my one anchovy is how did Hattori know they were in Northampton? And I guess like we could say that like, you know, Splinter had touched the good size spirit when he changed places with his grandfather. Okay. But they never, they never like say that. And that was like kind of a, an issue for me was that like the turtles are supposed to be hiding out in Northampton and Hor- Hattori just finds them with no problem. I never, that didn't, that didn't occur to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. My only one was where did Shout come from? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, yeah. I have that, but that's kind of a backhanded, not compliment. <laughs> reverse uh because it's like showed us such an interesting character already they're like i yeah. really wish i would have gotten more background on him yeah like it it's like okay you're like where did this dinosaur man come from and why is he a samurai yeah like on top of that like he's already cool now he's really interesting mm-hmm. and it's like they don't explain anything like did savanti romero pull him from the past and make him a dinosaur did he turn a man into like a lizard man did he turn a dinosaur into a man you know like yeah that that was one of mine for mass too was like we we just don't we don't know anything about him i I wish like is he a mutant is he an alien is he a creation of savantes like everybody just seems fine with it like nobody's like oh god a dinosaur man they're just like yeah (laughs) it's show you know (laughs) yeah well i mean they do refer to to savanti as a wizard so you know i imagine they're you know wizards just come with humanoid monster sidekicks <laughs> yeah and an affinity for oddly shaped rooms if i remember correctly from the service mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and henchmen mm-hmm. yeah the only other things that kind of were for me is there's the whole thing of like everyone speaks english but that you can kind of like headcanon away with yeah renette's staff probably just you know magic probably just makes it so that everyone can understand everyone yeah because you know, i was like I'm, I was like, there's no way the turtles know Japanese. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, or conversely, there would be no way that they knew English, right? Like, it would have to be one or the other. If Splinter knew Japanese, they would know Japanese. If he knew English, they would know English, right? Well, it's like, yeah. okay, so like we, we know the turtles speak English because they talked to Casey and April. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it was just funny because, like, that was the plot point they specifically addressed in Turtles 3, the movie. Mm-hmm was uh, uh leo's like hey he speaks english and donnie's like oh yeah they started trading you know with with the english about this time so that like that explained why he knew like how to speak at least some english and so like there was nothing like that in here mm-hmm. we just we just kind of went with it which okay cool but yeah 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 and then my, my last anchovy is, you know, call me a prude, but I'm not really a fan of pinup art. And I kind of feel like Renette in her outfit is kind of just pinup art throughout the uh, issue. 
yeah it's, it's, it's definitely on the lower end of how cool Renette because it's it's literally just a bathing suit with watches on it yeah it, it's a little skimpy for a you know for it's not, thing. It's, and granted this is the 90s you know we've now it's entered not even, the 90s it's not even that it's skimpy it's just it's just not a good design it's literally a black swimsuit with with watches on it yeah yeah and it's like it, there's nothing interesting about it and it's like the when we saw her in issue 42 like that was kind of cool time wizard lady like older wizard lady with like the flowing dress and the bare feet and all that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like that was a cool look but like her young apprentice look with the headdress like that's iconic and it's like you lose all that and you're you're right like i love michael dooney's art and i think this is some of his best art like this is like these two issues were great to look at oh for sure um, no fantastic yeah. art don't get me but, wrong but you but you're right renette was just so bland and boring looking mm-hmm. and like I, I don't mind pinup art like i love good cheese but like it, this is it's just it's just boring it's not good cheese yeah i want some cheese i'm hungry i want some cheese <laughs> I think I might have skipped dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of anchovies for part one. Part two, I had a couple more. Um, like, I forgot that the time separate talks. Oh, yeah. I I guess I didn't know that because I didn't read the first issue. Yeah, and it like off and, and on it talks. And now, now it started rhyming, which is even worse. So <laughs> Just a little, little bit of Etrigan action going on there. Yeah. And overall, I kind of, I kind of thought the second half was a bit of a letdown. Like, Hattori's back, great, but he's bedridden the whole time. Savanti's back, great. He's defeated immediately uh, by Renette. Yeah. Show's cool. He's banished to the future. We never see him again. Uh, the turtles go back in time. The only reason they're back there is to make a time loop where they make the Foot Clan. Like it was, it was kind of a letdown for me. Yeah, it kind of ended on a fart. Yeah. yeah. Um. Part one, I was like jumping up and down ecstatic. I was, and part two, I was, I was like invested, ah, yeah. and like part two started good, and then just it, it felt like they didn't know how to wrap it up. Like they had an idea for like things they wanted to do, like the whole time loop. Yeah, but they didn't know how to get there organically. Or it felt like, okay, you you only have two issues instead of three finish it you know like uh, it, it, almost, yeah. it almost feels like it could have been expanded out i don't something think with, i don't something think it with was the Tories, something with Renette. i don't know but i don't think it was rushed in that sense mm-hmm. like this could this could this could have been a two-issue story but it's like you wasted so much time with the turtles waiting for uraga to yeah. talk to them it's like four pages like, of them just sitting there yeah it was like yeah. it's like four or five pages of them not doing anything out of a 20 issue book or a 20 page issue like you just you waste so much time mm-hmm. which i and think you, also this would be oh sorry you can keep going no no no, no. good uh, anyway this would be like something for the second time around but talking about this being a 20 page issue i think these might have been like the first 20 page issues we've read from mirage because usually they're like 30 or 40 when we would oh you're them. right yeah 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 leatherhead too i think it was 32 and I mean, the first issue obviously was like 48, like mm-hmm. they're usually pretty hefty issues. Yeah, they're, they're usually like 40, 30 pages. I think that these two that we've just read are the first like 
20, you know, 26, 20 paid, 20 page comics that Mirage, at least that have been in the Ninja Turtles ongoing. Right. Whoa, holy moly. So I just looked up uh, Shote's action figure uh, because, like we said, it was released um, late in the line. That's how we know he's called Shote. Uh, a carded one that has a yellow plastic bubble, which usually lowers the price, um, sold for $1,200 like like two weeks ago. Um, A loose one with no weapons and uh, it's a little, it's it's loved. There's some paint chipping. Uh, Sold for $275. A complete one sold for $750. Oof. Just the weapons by him by themselves sold for three hundred dollars. Like so, this is a pretty uh, rare action figure. It's also like the the later the line you get, the rarer they get too. Oh yeah, so yeah, definitely. He's he's a late figure. He's a he's a cool figure. I get it, but too rich for my blood. Yeah, like because I was like, you know, I like show that's a that's a character nobody's gonna care about. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, but now I suddenly care about him. Yeah, like now I suddenly care about him. He's just you so know. cool. Yeah. Speaking of how cool he is, should we talk about what we love? Yeah, I'm ready. All right then. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I've already mentioned with Leatherhead too that I like that it's setting up a city, setting up for City at War, but it's mm. talking about how the the Foot Clan is divided and how it's kind of a mess. It mentions that, and so it like it's feeding into what's coming which is pretty yeah. cool that they actually did that. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, Danberger's art. Like it's, 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 it's not necessarily his own style yet. I think it's still skewing towards like what Eric Talbot does with like the kind of like really gritty kind of scary turtles, but like you can kind of see his humor coming through. Like he'll, he'll sometimes draw him with one eye real big and one real small. And, and mm-hmm. I love his art. It's kind of cartoony and fun, but still like weirdly serious. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, that's what's great about the Mirage era, I guess, is is that, like, weirdly serious, but yet cartoony at the same time, especially those original comics. I feel like that's what gives them their their unique underground, I don't know, indie comic book feel. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's good to see Leatherhead again. I'm glad they didn't just stick him in the sewer and never, never loop back around to him. Yeah. Um, it's cool that they're getting used out of these characters that they introduce in tales, you know. Yeah. I also like the theme of the turtles just, you know, being like just realizing and being alone, that they're alone, that they just have each other as a family. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like them against the world. I mean, uh, it's kind of rude against Casey and April, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, but like, you know, as as mutants and stuff, and like they've got Casey and April as their family and stuff, but you know, it's a very small one that they, you know, yeah. it's a very small family they've got. And that's, it's all they've got, you know. And I, I don't know, it's just that ultimate, I guess, underdog story that makes mm. me really love the turtles, you know, yeah. living their lives in secret, just having each other and having family that, uh, it's always been one of those things that I've liked about it since I was a kid. Yeah, totally. What about you, Mike? Any specific things? Uh, I liked Leatherhead. Um, I think uh, Crocodile Man with an eye patch is a very cool look. Um, but yeah, 
like I said, this was this was my least favorite of the three. Um, mm. I I like it more now that I know that it's setting up City at War. Um, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad, and I really liked the art. Um, I think Dan Berger draws some really good turtles. Not as good as Michael Dooney though, because oh boy, oh Dooney Dooney's turtles in Masks One and Two. Like he hit his sweet spot. Oh yeah, and I don't know if it's like Keith Aiken is this new inker they brought on. He's gonna he's gonna do a lot of issues through the mm-hmm. end of this of this run. I don't know if like just his inks are that much better, or like I noticed that these issues aren't toned the same way that his other issues have been. Okay, I don't know if that like if that cleans it up a little bit or what, but yeah, I mean the art in these books is just it's streets ahead of everything we've seen so far. It's so good. It's so crisp and detailed. I love it. It feels like another book. Yeah. I love like, like, even like Splinter, like sure he looks like a dog, whatever. But like when he touches Hattori and his eyes go all lightning and like go all across the page. But that that panel is amazing. It's amazing. So Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I I also love Choate's design. Choate's Choate's design. It's really cool. Yeah. I I I love love, the way he looks. I love the way he looks. Um. I just it it just sucks that we didn't get more more about who he is and how he got there. I um, mean, who knows? Maybe one day he'll come back for uh, you know in IDW somewhere. Ooh, cards, that would I be. Like. I mean, yeah. that would be a cool pull. Like, I would I would love to see that. Um, uh, where I I should have mentioned this in anchovies, but I wanted to talk about how much I loved Dooney's art. Um, his humans still need a little work um the japanese men were a little anglo-saxon in some panels mm-hmm. um so uh i think i think he's getting he's getting there his styles his style is definitely becoming like the dooney that i love mm-hmm. um he just yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before, like, the people that draw really good turtles are not necessarily the people that draw good faces, and that's why, yeah. like, Casey wears a mask, and all their enemies are faceless foot soldiers, and the shredder with a giant face plate and stuff. Yeah. Like, that way they don't have to draw faces as much, but, yeah. Um, I yeah. also just, I feel like Mass, Mass is good because, like, it feels like they've built a world, and now they're using it. Like, Renette is there, Clunk is there, Hattori, like, these are all characters we've seen before and they're like coming together for a new story i don't feel like we've yeah. gotten that you know we've got a lot of like one-time characters that are never used again and so i think that, i think that, i think that's why i liked it so much mm-hmm. was because it it felt like it built on the world rather than introduce new things like so many issues have done yeah where it just feels disconnected from what's come before like this actually used stuff that they've introduced before and I think that's why I, I gravitated towards these two issues so much. Yeah, no, that's what's really cool about this. People want to talk about lore with Ninja Turtles and stuff. Like, like it's the things like this that are lore, you know? Yeah. Like, like this like people, is lore. Like people, like people talk about, yeah, exactly. Like people talk about the lore of Turtles. Like, you had to get 45 issues in before the lore started paying off. Yeah. Like before there was actual lore because everything else they were just throwing shit at the fan and seeing what sticks <laughs> yeah 
and, and so like this is this is when you actually like see stuff like that you know i would actually consider you know lore like i said is you know stuff like renette and and the ghost eye samurai and things yeah. like that and they come in and they come to play in this story and it's really cool yeah no i, I loved it i'm really surprised how how many times renette has shown up in the series because i always think of her as like a like the one time Cerebus and maybe the Savanti Romero one, but like this is like her fourth or fifth appearance, and mm-hmm. she's been mentioned in in like uh, other the, issues, yeah. The, the, the one with the cube and stuff, yeah. yeah the one with like, the cube, yeah. She's a, yeah. she's a serious character in this first volume. Yeah, she's a much bigger player in the first volume than she ever has been in any of the other series, which is kind of a shame. I feel like she's underutilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I would, I would love to see more Renette. Like I. I love when she popped up in 2012. I think that's probably my favorite version of Renette. Um, but I would love to see her pop up in other things. Like, mm-hmm. and, and granted, like she's a, she's a time character, so you can't, you know, have her pop up in every issue because then it's just, it just time travel yeah. creates so many problems. Um, but like, I think that should be a, constant in every turtle series that renette shows up oh for sure like, i think I the think only one that she hasn't shown up in would be like you know the next mutation in rise uh i mean was she was she wasn't in 87 was she oh no she wasn't in 87 either no, you're she right wasn't. Yeah. so so yeah so so 87 rise um and next mutation i mean obviously she's not in the movies um yeah. which like looking at her time scepter in this issue and then looking at the time scepter in uh turtles three mm-hmm. like it's they're definitely inspired by each other like the sands of time like they literally that's a quote from the movie open right. wide the sands of time i yeah. really wish that the third movie was just this masks you know I, like i feel like this had to have been used in a pitch for them for yeah. turtles three but like the only thing they could afford was the scepter like okay we can't do the dragon man we don't have the money for the the horn <laughs> wizard guy we'll just get a british dude uh <laughs> we Which... don't have time to explain hitori like that's a whole that's a whole concept or savant so, romero, or savant romero. Which, which okay yeah. like i'm i'm okay with like yeah like that is that's a bit highbrow for mm-hmm. you know us stupid kids in 1993 but like but could we when... just bring you know? I was to say, I think Renette. I always work. thought I was like, why? Why didn't they use Renette? Why did they just have the time scepter just random? I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I got problems with that movie, but well, like I would have. That's I next loved... year. Next year is their thirtieth anniversary. Yeah. We'll talk about All that right. then. Yeah. All right. No, <laughs> it's not next year. It's two actually years. two years. Two years. Oh, thank you. Nineteen ninety-three. I don't want to wait that long. I want to get to two thousand seven, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, we got a couple more years for that twentieth anniversary. I mean, we're not we're not gonna be doing a 20th anniversary we, we can do it before then <laughs> no no we gotta no we gotta wait we, we can do a 15 15 would be 2022 right yeah i guess yeah i love that movie it's anyway we bad. should yeah is, is that all we got are, are we are we good i so, think i news? think i'm good because i am jumping at the bit to talk about our news this week yeah i'm just gonna say masks Solid story. It was great. Definitely felt like a really good return to Mirage continuity. Definitely, like, it, my it feels f- like we're back. Definitely, my favorite of uh, Volume One so far. Awesome. Good, good issues this week. I really liked it. All right, we'll get into news now. 
This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. All right. In a week, um, there wasn't a whole lot of other Turtles news. Actually, just kidding. There totally was. Uh, so August is known as Power Rangers Month or Power Month in the Power Rangers uh, community. And the <laughs> we finally, finally, finally got the long rumored, you know, I think it was almost a year ago when they started like getting teased, um, the Power Rangers crossover with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, there was a rumor a couple of years or last year that they were going to get two packs and we finally got it announced and thrown up for pre-order. Uh, if you've been following the Facebook page, I posted it literally minutes within them getting announced. Um, so two packs of uh, Leo and Donnie as the blue and black Rangers, April and Mikey as the yellow and pink Ranger, uh, Raph and Tommy Oliver from Power Rangers as a foot soldier, and then a solo release of Shredder as the evil green Ranger. Um each one of them is about $49.99 MSRP. Uh, these are fan channel exclusives, so they are not exclusive to Target and Walmart, which makes it so much easier to find them. You can go on to um, all the major fan channel websites, which I have also linked on all of our Facebook posts about it. Um, so that was Big Bad Toy Store, who I personally always shop with, Entertainment Earth, uh, GameStop, Dorkside Toys, I, ha I heavily recommend as well. Um, and also HasbroPulse.com because these are Hasbro figures. These are the first Turtles figures by like, um, like Hasbro was one of the big two toy makers. You know, it's Hasbro and Mattel. Everyone else is like a peon after that. And it's like, I've been wanting Hasbro Turtles figures for years. Like Hasbro makes G.I. Joe and the other Power Rangers figures and Marvel Legends, Star Wars. Like it's, it's crazy that we're finally getting Hasbro figures. Um, and from what I can tell, they kind of worked out the same deal that DC collectibles did when they did the Batman versus Turtles figures uh, like a year or two ago. Um, so uh, as of right now, you are able to pre-order all of them. Um, I think Hasbro Pulse is the only one that sold out for the figures. Um, everyone else is still able to pre-order them at the other websites. Um, like I said, $49.99 for the two-packs, uh, $30 for Shredder. Uh, I think they're all due to release, which is kind of funny. So I think one website listed them as April 2022. Some of them are listed as November 2021. So, oh, geez, man, if you're waiting yeah. till April, you're going to really be waiting. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay, I'm okay with waiting. Um, like, as long as I know I have them, like, locked in, um, I'm okay with that. So I'm actually, I've already pre-ordered mine through uh, Big Bad Toy Store because that's that's just the easiest. They don't charge you until it shows up in their warehouse and it's four dollars shipping um but i'm also going to pre-order it in person at my local GameStop um because that way it'll just ship to the store and i could just pick it up on my way home don't have to pay for shipping and all that mm. so my big thing that i want to pose talking about all this 
is if it's possible now that we've gotten the Batman Ninja Turtles 2 pack mm-hmm. and we've gotten Power Rangers Ninja Turtles, could somewhere in the future in the cards be the Robin Turtles from Batman Ninja Turtles 3? You know, I mean, cool. that's yeah. that's the only thing because like DC collectibles doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if that would be able to happen. Like it'd have to be done Mc- by like McFarland or something like that. At, yeah, and that's the thing is like DC collectibles did it because it was in-house and McFarlane toys, you have like I don't know. That that one's because like Hasbro owns Power Rangers. They own yeah. the brand. That's theirs. Yeah. So like it's kind of like how DC did it with Batman. Like it was an in-house thing. So I I don't know. I, I would love to see it. I, I would just, too. I, I love those designs like a lot. Um, but so that's kind of been setting the fandom uh, a buzz um, for kind of weird reasons. And I think we as a fan, as a fandom, I think we all need to kind of sit down and kind of educate each other. <laughs> uh, so there was a lot, a lot of discourse this week about why this, why these crossovers were happening. Um, why Donatello was the Black Ranger? Why Mikey was the Yellow Ranger? Why weren't there purple? Why weren't there purple and and orange Rangers? You know, because those don't uh, exist. It's and guys like, and I've, I've been doing my best, and I've been, you know, if people if people don't read the comics, like we know, people don't read the comics. Um, but like this, also, this crossover is also a couple years old um see and that's that's why it's kind of weird to me that we're getting these now because it's been like two or three years since the crossover started so why now uh, it's, it's why? been i think it's been a year and a half like i think we're coming up on two years still um, like i i, so I, would, not as, that old. I would assume that they you know the closer you can get it to the release day of the comics the better i don't know well it well i mean seems remember, strange remember, to me. I, like, remember i said like these got these got leaked that these were possibly coming almost a year ago mm. i think almost a year ago this month so like i i gotta i gotta think that you know the pandemic you know the the panini that we've all been listening living through um i gotta think that's got had something to do with it um it also kind of makes me wonder if like all of the cryptic power rangers and turtles like kind of them tweeting at each other um lately that kind of built up to nothing i wonder if that has to do with this and this is a lead up to a sequel since i said this is power rangers month Mm. you know that could be announced this this week um but it also kind of like made me think that like how much the turtle social team like how kind of bad they are at talking about how like t- talking about turtles news like just going through their twitter feed they have not retweeted any of this any of these figures like you know, these are these are announcements these are huge announcements you talk about the potential for a sequel i did notice that like the heads don't quite match the like the, the turtle heads don't quite match their design in the in the first the the current crossover mm-hmm. like leo has like a banana that goes most of the way over his head yeah, Donatello's got goggles and the sculpt, but he does it in the comic. So maybe, maybe you're right. So, maybe this is like a lead well, into another 
Crossing, so what I've that'd be kind of so cool. so what I've also been telling people too is that these aren't necessarily designed after the interior art. These are designed after the cover art by Dan Mora. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because the turtles are a lot taller they have more human proportions um, and Donnie is wearing goggles on the cover art so mm. just you know the math to me checks out that these are based on the on the covers not the interior issue or not the interior art I see. Um, okay. which is which is fine like you know it's, I, I love the covers like I love Dan Mora's art um I, I almost kind of wished he drew the interior art. Yeah, and not um, to mention it's more likely that, you know, a lot of people have seen the cover art more than people that have actually seen the interior. Well, I mean, but that, that's, <laughs> totally. that's my, that's kind of where I'm going with this is like, you know, a lot of people have seen the art, but a lot of people, I guess, didn't realize that this is an actual comic, you know, crossover. Because a lot of people are asking, like, well, why isn't Casey the, the Green Ranger? You know, why is, why is Shredder the Green Ranger? Like, well, it's because that's how the story was written you know casey's in it but he never became a ranger you know the it's a lot of a lot of people were just kind of confused at this and i don't want to say like it made me sad but it's like it, people were getting like weirdly mad at it like there was a lot of guys who just could not get over the fact that Donnie was the black ranger and Mikey was the yellow ranger. Like they just, they're just, their brains just couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, I think like one of them even said that he's like, my brain just can't handle it. And it's like, okay, like you're, you're putting too much emphasis on the color coordination here. Yeah. Like, like black black is close to purple and yellow is close to orange like that's as close as they were going to get but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my one-up arcade right now and michelangelo is yellow so yeah <laughs> not, it's not impossible i mean we all know we all know now that like mikey would be the pink ranger and jenica would be the yellow ranger yeah like yeah. if it was the ivw turtles but um it it just it just kind of blew my mind at like how like kind of irrationally mad people were getting um over over these figures coming out and, and it's like you know you had the people that are like oh like you know these figures look look cheap and stuff and it's like as an action figure collector like i can tell you these are these are all unique sculpts like yeah the turtles all share the same body because you know the turtles always share the same body they're, you know unless they're like the rise turtles or the 2012 turtles like or you know the bay movies they all share the same body they always have so like we're getting but but these are brand new sculpts because they have to sculpt like you know the shell armor on the back like the front so these aren't the same sculpts that are already existing in the power rangers line mm -hmm. these are all brand new and then also what's really cool is that it is a little deep cut and you only really care about this if you're a toy collector um they use the new pinless joints usually like when you look at an action figure you can see the pins that hold the elbows together um and let you do you know double bend and stuff um these don't have that so these are called the pinless ones because the pins are covered and that's a first for the power rangers line like that's huge that they're doing it with these figures and they're not even doing that in the normal line 
Mm. Uh, granted, the turtle, the turtles are pinless. Uh, Tommy's reusing a body, um, so he's got pins showing. Uh, April as the Pink Ranger is just using the Kimberly action figure that came it's out a couple years ago. It's just the Pink ago. Ranger, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's just the Pink Ranger with a different head. Like we knew that was going to happen. Like they they're getting a lot of mileage out of that Pink Ranger sculpt. Um, but like these are really cool figures, and like I'm incredibly happy that they're hap- that they're officially they're really happening because like mm-hmm. hasbro's been doing you know power rangers announcements and stuff like that and like jokingly a couple of us are online are like hey where are the turtles are the turtles gonna get announced today and it's it's kind of funny that these just got dropped online like there's there was like there was fanfare but it was all like social media fanfare it wasn't like in a live stream announcement like these could have been dropped at Comic Con, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so, so Mike, yeah, <laughs> you you have yours pre-ordered already, Spencer. Are you gonna pick up any of these? I'm not. I'm not really into Power Rangers, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. But the Shredder one does look really cool, though, and yeah. it's got a cloth cape, which I did not expect. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Hasbro, a Shredder. Hasbro does not usually do cloth capes, so I'm I'm on board. I'm, I got them all pre-ordered. It's also, I, if you ever read the comic, it's it's a really good crossover. So go Which, check also, it out. I've heard it's, it's good. Sale. You know, it just it's doesn't on sale right now. Um, it's on sale right now on Comicsology for sixteen dollars. Like you can go read all five issues. Um, it was in that big humble bundle Power Rangers thing I sh- I talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like I bought that and I'm rereading it now. So like it it's out there if you guys need it i'll i'll post a link to it and just to, as a reminder to everybody that this was a thing that happened <laughs> yeah no it's pretty cool and like it's funny because i don't know people like talk about how super cool the green shredder is and like i think he looks cool but also a lot of these people will probably also tell you that 87 shredder is uh you know super amazing but he looks like the 2003 shredder which is really awesome he looks like the ID. He, I mean, he looks like the IDW. Yeah, he does. It's but, such a cool you know, design. Yeah, like the Green Ranger Shredder is such a cool design. Like, and it's it's such a cool thing to happen. Like, because the Green Ranger, you know, was originally a bad guy, and to have like Shredder, you know, go into that because th- this is set in its own continuity. It's not part of the Power Rangers comics from Boom. It's not part of the idw turtles like it's it's a it's its own standalone universe Mm -hmm. yeah spencer if you haven't watched power rangers i highly recommend the i think it's a five-part arc where uh the green rangers introduced like it's insane like yeah he busts in the megazord he kicks all our asses throws them out like it's absurd it's it's so good yeah i I had the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers bedspread as a kid, and but like <laughs> it always came on Saturday morning cartoons like later in the day. But I always thought mm-hmm. they looked cool. But mm-hmm. then by the time I finally saw them, I was too old for it and was just kind of yeah. like, man, these guys just are karate chopping all over the place when they're talking, and like mm-hmm. it, it's just it was just too corny for me at that point. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely campy. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I love the Power Rangers. You don't have the nostalgia of, of like getting in trouble on the playground for doing what the Power Rangers did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Any more uh, toy so, news that we have? Uh, trying to think. <laughs> uh, so the 
uh, toys that we talked about at NECA's reveal, um, the ultimate Casey Jones figure and the brand new Super Shredder, uh, those are starting to hit uh, Walmarts right now. I believe Tennessee was one of the first states that got it. Um, so it doesn't, definitely hasn't made its way west for uh, towards me. Um, and then as far as the tune line goes, I believe Chrome Dome is now uh, is now shipping to the states. Um, I was actually at my Target a couple of days ago, and I saw Muckman and Mondo Gecko. So I know those are definitely hitting. I didn't pick those up because I'm kind of picking and choosing who I'm getting from the tune line. Um, still holding out for Hokum Hair. So as soon as that gets there. Um, but yeah, I think that is it for the toy news. Jumping over to movie news, uh, Variety dropped, um, or was Variety or Deadline? Cannot remember. Uh, was it Deadline? Okay, because yeah. I retweeted it and I don't even remember. <laughs> but, um, so Deadline reported that uh, Colin Jost and Casey Jost are in talks with Nickelodeon and Paramount to write a new unnamed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie. So to recap, we have a Rise movie coming for Netflix. Netflix. We have a Seth Rogen, uh, sorry. Seth Rogen's CGI movie. Yeah, Seth Rogen's CGI movie. And now this is a third separate Ninja Turtle movie starring development. Yeah, so there are three Ninja Turtle movies in production, in various stages of production at this moment in time. That's crazy. It's, it's insane. Now, granted, this isn't confirmed. This was, you know, Deadline posted this rumor. Um, and uh, I think Colin on his Instagram was posting a picture of him and his brother in Turtles pajamas. I saw that, yeah. Um, so... I, they're i mean they're leaning into it if if it is uh if it is true so um i don't know these two guys uh colin jost is married to scarlett johansson so that just started all the jokes of oh scarlett johansson is gonna play april uh um, yeah, so yeah my favorite <laughs> yeah because it took me a minute and i was like why is everyone saying this oh he's married to scarlett johansson yeah, he's I think my the, favorite he's I think the my favorite update joke. guy on this yeah now. yeah I think my favorite my favorite joke was uh, Scarlett Johansson was going to play Karai. Jeez, <laughs> oh, so, that was that was my favorite joke. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I some some people and uh, and it also kind of came out that Michael Bay is producing these movies as well. Yeah, um, which kind of took the producers. The, he's one of the producers, so this isn't a Platinum Dunes movie, from what I can tell which is mm-hmm. Platinum Dunes is Michael Bay's production company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure exactly how this fits, but I mean, Michael Bay, you could talk about how much you don't like his movies and how much he ruined the last ones. You know, the first Turtles movie that he did in 2014 made a ton of money. Right. Like it was one of the highest grossing movies of that year. Out of yeah. the Shadows... It made money. It didn't make enough money, unfortunately. Um, but it was the better movie. It, so it just shows I, that there's an audience for Turtles. You know, it exists. It's just that when you come out with a movie that isn't very good, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, no and, one wants to can, go back for the sequel. 
and I can yeah and I think that's and I I'm pretty sure that's what happened which which sucks because you know it was it, it basically gave the fans what they wanted um but it just I don't know man <laughs> yeah like, I'm assuming having, this one's going to be a, a bit more uh humorous than maybe the Seth Rogen movie because like Colin Joe's obviously is the SNL. He was, I think, he was one of the co-head writers of SNL for a while. And then mm-hmm. Casey actually works on Impractical Jokers. He's a writer for that. So those are two very heavy comedy shows. So okay, yeah. which is interesting because I feel like Nick isn't really. If that's the case, I feel like they're not really learning their lesson from like the last Ronin, which has become like the number one selling comic book for like every single month that's been released. Yeah, you Who know. I don't know. It feels like they're just not really picking up to like, hey, maybe there's an audience that actually does kind of take it seriously and maybe people would actually appreciate that. And maybe they'll surprise us. I mean, I'm, I'm and maybe they'll surprise more us. of a, kind of a comedy kind of movie just no, in the background. But yeah, no, knows? that was the assumption I was making too. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Like I said, I don't know. For me personally, when it comes to the Ninja Turtle movies, I kind of keep my... I, I don't have any expectations. I keep them low. And I'll yeah. just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, right around the time, it might have been this, when the second movie came out that our movie theaters started serving beer. And me and my buddy were like, oh, yeah, this is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> any other uh, news? Do we have any comics coming out or anything? Um, so it did come out last week. Kind of missed it. Uh, the Casey Jones Best of Book. Uh, just came out. Awesome. And if so, I remember right, that has uh, the Unmentionables, mm-hmm. issue 14, which we've covered. I think it has the first part of Shades of Grey, which we're yeah. talking about in like two weeks. And then uh, what his micro series from the IDW comic, right? Yeah. Which is odd that they don't have both Shades of Grey 1 and 2, because I feel like both of those are kind of <laughs> make it a complete story. But yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty interconnected there, right? Yeah, I feel like it was. I, I, you get the other half of his story in the second Shades of Grey book, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've read it, so maybe when we read it in two weeks, we'll uh, get to get to revisit that. Awesome. But uh, yeah, there's that. And so now, because that one's come out, they've just announced a Best of April O'Neill book. Don't know what issues are going to be in it yet, but that'll be coming out in October. So Yeah. Probably definitely her IDW micro series, and I'm assuming yeah. uh, she had a she had at least a mini series in the Archie comics. So maybe maybe part one of three of that or something. Yeah, and you'll, we'll probably get either issue two or three of of the Mirage Turtles. Mm-hmm. You know where yeah. she where they first meet her, or where she drives the van around the city. Maybe they'll maybe they'll do a, a volume four issue. Uh, probably not, but. She has a pretty big one in volume four. So. Yeah. I mean, that issue is like the first one to never feature the turtles is the one starring. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it, though, on the comic book side. Uh, the next issue doesn't come out till later, later this month of the current ongoing series. All right. So for done with news, uh, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be covering episodes at 25 through 27 in season three of the 1987 ninja turtle series so that is corporate raiders from dimension x pizza by the shred and super bebop and mighty rocksteady 
Super yeah. Bebop and Mighty Rock City. Like I, I remember that one. <laughs> it sounds awesome. I do not remember it, but it sounds it, great. It sounds interesting. I'm boldly going where I have not gone before <laughs> in the 1987 series from here. I must have. I must have jumped around because I'm looking. Like I remember watching Blast from the Past and Leatherhead Terror of the Swamp and Yusagi Ojimbo, which are after that. I don't know if I like. Hmm. Maybe I skipped a DVD or something. I don't know. Yeah, because like Great Boldini is one of my most like remembered episodes. And obviously the Hokum Hair episodes are after this, but like I don't remember some of like I was so in and out of the series, but like we've talked about, like so many episodes were coming out at once. Yeah. That it just like yeah. Can't wait, can't wait to revisit those. Uh, but guys, if you liked this episode, if you like all of our episodes, let us know somewhere on the internet. You can hit us up on all the socials at Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, if you liked this episode specifically, leave it a review on the podcasting uh, app of your choice. Um, helps other people find the channel, feeds that algorithm, uh, lets us know what you like, what you want to see more of. Um, you can also DM us all. We love that kind of stuff. Um, uh yeah we really appreciate everybody listening we appreciate all the feedback um just everybody letting us know um if you like all the stuff that we do you know we're just we're just three guys having fun talking turtles loving it mm-hmm. so that's our show today thank you so much for listening until next time cowabunga dudes cowabunga they say, bros, if we find Leatherhead with Splinter in his foot, we'd better give him some Gatorade. Uh, get it? Splinter in the foot. Gatorade. Do you know that is actually why it's called Gatorade? Uh, no. n- not that, not that exactly, but it was made. It was developed at the University of Florida, mm-hmm. Florida Gators, Gatorade. Oh, wow! Yes. Yeah. Okay. At least according to the commercial from Gatorade. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you know? All right. So, who wants what for next week? What were the three episodes again? <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. Uh, Super Bebop. Super Bebop Mighty Rock City. Give me just a sec here. Uh, Super Bebop Mighty Rock City. Corporate Raiders from Dimension X and Pizza by the Shred. Um, I'll do Corporate Raiders. Um, I'll do either of the two. I don't care. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Super Bebop Mighty Rock City then. All right, I'll do Pizza by the Shred. All right, and then I'm gonna go eat dinner now. Same right. You guys, hey guys have a good one. You too. It was a pleasure. As always, uh, have fun editing that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, man. <laughs> Thanks. So, all right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Take care, Take guys. Care. Bye.